1 Kings chapter number 21, I want to read three verses by way of introduction. And if you are physically able, if you'll stand with me this morning for the reading of God's Word, we'll read the first three verses of 1 Kings chapter number 21. The Bible says, and it came to pass after these things. A lot of things have, have transpired uh, before we get to 1 Kings chapter number 21. You know that. 1 Kings chapter 18, we have the competition there on Mount Carmel with uh, Elijah and the prophets of Baal. And then we get to chapter number 19, and, and Elijah needs some encouragement, doesn't he? And God gives it to him. In chapter number 20, we have the uh, Syrian campaign, Ahab against the Syrians. The latter part of chapter number 20, uh, Ahab sins in sparing Ben-Hadab. But we come to chapter number 21, and we have a very interesting uh, account, a very interesting story. And the Bible says, And it came to pass after these things that Naboth the Jezreelite had a vineyard which was in Jezreel hard by the palace of Ahab, king of Samaria. And Ahab spake unto Naboth, saying, Give me thy vineyard, that I may have it for a garden of herbs, because it is near unto my house, and I will give thee for it a better vineyard than it. Or, if it seem good to thee, I will give thee the worth of it in money. Now, by the way, that sounds very reasonable, doesn't it? Verse number 2 sounds reasonable. Uh, Naboth, you have a vineyard. I want it. I want it for a garden of herbs. Uh, either I'll pay you the worth of it, I'll give you the money for it, or I'll give you a comparable piece of land for it. That sounds very reasonable until we get to verse number 3. And Naboth said to Ahab, The Lord forbid it me. Naboth doesn't say, I don't want to give it to you. I, I just don't think that will be beneficial to me. I don't think I'll come out the best on the end there if I give this to you or even sell it to you. Naboth doesn't say that. Naboth says, I can't. Naboth says, the Lord forbid it me. Naboth says, well, Ahab, I know you want my vineyard, but I, I, I'm, just, uh, I'm just not ready to sell yet. That's not what he says. He says, the Lord forbid it me. Listen, young people, Bible college students, you live in a very interesting time in history, in American history, but in the history of the world. And we live in a day where, and, and this has been true for every generation, but it seems to be more prevalent in your generation, and I believe it'll, be, it'll get more prevalent as we go on, but you are tempted, you are enticed to give up, to give away, to sell that which you should not sell. The Bible says that we are to buy the truth and sell it not. And we are tempted and we are enticed by the world, the flesh, and the devil either to sell it for something that looks very profitable or to even give it away. And Naboth gives us a great example, a great illustration, a great application. Look, the interpretation of 1 Kings 21 is very, it's clear. We're going to see it today. But the application is so vital for you as young people because I'm looking at future pastors. I'm looking at future pastors' wives, missionaries, evangelists, missionary wives, evangelist wives. I'm looking at young people who... It's God's desire for you, and I believe right at this moment, it's your desire as well. God's desire for you is to take this book and to pick up the mantle and continue what men before you have done. And if you're going to do that, you cannot sell the inheritance that God has given us. Naboth said to Ahab, the Lord forbid it me. Forbid it me what? 
that I should give the inheritance of my fathers unto thee. Father, we love you today. We're grateful for the opportunity. We're looking forward to what you're going to teach us today from your word. May you stir us. May you move us. Father, may you use these young folks here today, these young men, these young ladies. Father, they are here preparing. They're here learning. They're here putting forth the effort and the time and the energy to one day step out and to serve you. And Father, I pray that they'll understand even right now that they need to make some decisions in their hearts and lives. That they need to make a commitment right now. I'm not going to sell the truth. I'm not going to give away my spiritual inheritances for absolutely anything. And so Lord, please challenge us with that today. I pray that you challenge us as uh, older folks this morning, as adults, as pastors, as leaders in this college, Father, I pray that you'd encourage us and challenge us in the same manner. Father, you've used this place for decades. Father, may it continue for decades to come, still proclaiming the truth of your word. Help us and teach us today, Father. We'll thank you for it. We commit these next few moments to you. We ask your blessings upon it. And we pray this in Christ's name. Amen. Thank you for standing. You may be seated. I want us to see several. I want us to see three truths that we find here in 1 Kings chapter number 21 this morning. I want us to see, first of all, as we begin, I want us to see the value of the vineyard. The value of the vineyard. And the value of the vineyard is very simple. It's priceless. It's priceless. There's no amount of money. There's not another piece of land that could be given that is comparable to what Naboth owns right at this moment. Now, let me ask you this. Could there have been other pieces, other parcels of ground that would have been just as good as the land that Naboth owned? Absolutely, probably so. I would, I would say there would have been many comparable pieces of land. But to Naboth and what had been handed down to Naboth, it was priceless. And so number one, this morning we see the value of the vineyard. It is priceless. By the way, the question, and it's a very reasonable question, why was it priceless? Why was it so valuable? Why was it so important to Naboth? Well, first of all, it was priceless because it was the father's possession. And I use the word father with a little f this morning. It was the father's possession. It was Naboth's father's possession that he had handed down to him. By the way, it was probably his grandfather's and his great-grandfather's and his great-great-grandfather's. It was priceless because it was the father's possession. His fathers had plowed, his fathers had planted, his fathers had produced before Naboth had ever been born. And think about that this morning. Consider the countless fathers who have toiled in prayer and study in order to be able to pass down a spiritual... We're talking about a physical piece of land in 1 Kings chapter 21. But you think about the many fathers, the many men, the mothers who have toiled and prayed and studied to be able to pass down a spiritual heritage to you. I look at young people this morning, the vast majority of you. Now, there may be some of you this morning, you're the first generation. Praise God for you. You may be the first one, you're the first one in your family that ever got saved, and you're going to begin the spiritual heritage. But many of you this morning, you have a wonderful, as Psalm 16 says, you have a goodly heritage. You have a spiritual heritage. You have a, a dad and a mom. You, have, you, you had a great-granddad, a great-grandma who passed down spiritual truths to you from this Bible. It was priceless because it was the Father's possession. 
Young people, you know this. I don't have to tell you this this morning, but the message of salvation is a priceless possession. We can't change it. The Bible says in 2 Timothy chapter number 3, verses 14 and 15, the Apostle Paul speaking to the young man Timothy, he says, But continue thou, but continue thou in the things which thou hast learned and hast been assured of. What does he say? Knowing of whom thou hast learned them. Who had he learned them from? He had learned them from the Apostle Paul. He had learned them from his mother Eunice. He had learned them from his grandmother Lois. He said, look, continue in the things that you have heard and been assured of. And then in verse number 15, and that from a child. Many of you from a child, you have known the Holy Scriptures which are able and they have made you wise unto salvation, which are able to make thee wise unto salvation through faith, which is in Christ Jesus. That message doesn't change. Salvation is by grace through faith in the shed blood of the Lord Jesus Christ. That message never changes. And that's a message that has been handed down. It's handed down in the Word of God. It's true because it's in the Word of God. That's a message that shouldn't be sold for anything. By the way, the message of the Bible in and of itself and about itself should never be sold for anything. This is a battle today. It will forever be a battle because it's always been a battle. The battle for the Bible is still going on today and it has increased and it's raging today. The Bible tells us in the book of Psalms, Psalm 12, excuse me, Psalm 12 specifically in verses 6 and 7. Let me get there real quickly if I could. Psalm 12, verses 6 and 7. The Bible says the words of the Lord are what? What kind of words are they? Pure words. As silver tried in a furnace of earth, purified seven times. Thou shalt keep them, O Lord. Thou shalt preserve them from this generation forever. This Bible that God has given to us, and by the way, He has preserved it to every generation. We ought not sell it cheaply. We ought not give it away. And many today are just giving it away. Uh, Dr. Bill mentioned I pastor Mar- excuse me, Maranatha Baptist Church and we go in the community and we speak to people and we talk to people and we invite them to our church and many folks, even church folks, have never heard the word Maranatha. You know why that is? Because in most of the newer versions of the scriptures, Maranatha is not in there. It's not even there. And so when you speak about Maranatha or when someone sees it on your t-shirt and they look at it, and they, again, they may be church folks. They go to church. They're in the Bible. And they say, what is that word? What is that church? What does that mean? Because they've never seen the word. Listen, the truth of God's Word and the authority of God's Word. Why is that so important, Pastor? I, I hear people talk about the, the, the version issue in the Bible. and Why does it really matter? It's all God's Word. Here's why, it's, why it matters. Because if the devil can cast doubt on the authority of God's Word, he begins to win. If he casts doubt upon the authority of God's, we have to have a point of authority. And our point of authority is God's Word. And that's why you're here. You're here because you know that there's an authority for your life and it's God's Word. And if the devil, if the world can cast doubt upon the authority of God's Word and have people say, well, you know, there are hundreds of different versions of the Bible. Which one's real? Is God's Word really real? By the way, that battle began in the book of Genesis, didn't it? When the devil himself, when the serpent himself cast doubt upon the authority and the truth of God's Word. It was priceless because it was the Father's possession. 
We have been given some inheritances, if we will, this morning that have been plowed and planted and continued and it's produced and produced. Just like Naboth's vineyard, his father planted and plowed, his grandfather planted and plowed. There's so many different inheritances we could speak about this morning. Biblical manhood, biblical womanhood. I I never ever thought we'd have to deal with that, but we're dealing with it today, aren't we? You know, folks, listen, that is an inheritance that you don't sell, that you don't give away. Number one, the value of the vineyard, it was priceless because it was the father's possession. But even more important, and this is the truth that we find in 1 Kings chapter 21, verse number 3, it was priceless because of the father's, and here I use a capital F, because it was the father's proclamation. Look again there in 1 Kings 21, verse number 3. And Naboth said to Ahab, the Lord forbid it me. Why? Naboth, what's the big deal? The Lord forbid it you that you should give your inheritance? Ahab's the king. Naboth, you know that, right? He's the king. He can take anything he wants. He can have anything he wants. Naboth, what's the big deal? You can make some profit, Naboth. You, you could get more for that land than it's worth. You could get a better piece of land in man's eyes than what it's worth. It was priceless because of the Father's proclamation. Take your Bibles. I want you to go to two places real quickly. These will be the only two places I take you this morning other than 1 Kings 21. Take your Bibles. Let's take our Bibles and go to Numbers chapter number 26. Numbers 26. Why did Naboth say, the Lord forbid it me? Numbers, excuse me, not 26, 36. Numbers chapter 36. Numbers 36. Now, I know we're, we're going to pick up in the con- context, but I just want to read verse number 7. Numbers 36 and verse number 7. The Bible says, So shall not the inheritance of the children of Israel remove from tribe to tribe. For every one of the children of Israel shall keep himself to the inheritance of the tribe of his fathers. You know why Naboth said, The Lord forbid it me? Because God had told him not to do that. God has said, look, the land that you get in your tribe, in your inheritance, is, continu- is, go- is, excuse me, is to continue from generation to generation to generation. You're not to sell it. You're not to give it. And it wasn't just, well, hey, this was my father's, and boy, he planted, and he produced, and he plowed, and he worked, and he sweated. That was important, but more important than that was the proclamation from the heavenly father that, hey, you're not supposed to do that. And we would say, oh, a big deal. We, we do that today in so many areas in our Christian lives. We say, well, that's not a big deal. That's not something we ought to battle over. That's not something we ought to fight over. Listen, Naboth, he said, Ahab, you're going to get this land over my dead body. Ahab, you're going to have to step over my lifeless body. To take this land. You say, well, pastor, he did. He did. But Naboth saw the importance of being obedient to God's word no matter the outcome. No matter the consequences. Now, we use that little phrase. We use it kind of lightheartedly today, don't we? Over my dead body. Some of you men in here this morning, maybe a young man has come or will come one day and say, Sir, I want to court your daughter. And you say, over my dead body. Right? Over my dead body. We use it kind of lightheartedly. But 
Naboth, not verbally, but in his actions, he said, Ahab, over my dead body, you're going to get this piece of land. Because God in heaven, Jehovah God, told us, and He told all of us, not to let it go from tribe to tribe. Let me show you another verse, the book of Ezekiel. Ezekiel chapter number 46. Ezekiel chapter number 46. Again, very similar wordage. Ezekiel chapter number 46, verse number 18. It was priceless because it was the Father's possession, but it was priceless because of the Father's proclamation. Ezekiel 46 and verse number 18. The Bible says, Moreover, the prince shall not take the people's inheritance by oppression to thrust them out of their possession, but he shall give his son's inheritance out of his own possession that my people be not scattered every man from his possession. Number one this morning. Hey, young folks, I want you to see the value of the vineyard. The value of God's Word. The value of the message that has been handed down to you from generation to generation, from a mom and dad, from a pastor. The truths. And by the way, not traditions. That's not what I'm speaking about this morning. I'm talking about the truths of God's Word. They have been handed down. They have been given as inheritances to you. Don't sell it. And by the way, even worse, don't give it away. Surely don't sell it. Well, Pastor Smart, I could have a bigger crowd. I could have a a, a bigger salary. We could do so much more if we just cut, if we just trimmed a little bit here, a little bit there. Naboth said over my dead body, I'm not going to do it. Number one, the value of the vineyard. Number two, number two, the appetite of the adversary. Number one, we see the value of the vineyard. But number two, this morning, we see the appetite of the adversary. Look again, notice again in 1 Kings chapter number 21. In verse number 2, And Ahab spake unto Naboth, saying, what, is the, what does the adversary say? Give me. Give me that I may have it. Give me that I may have it. I submit to us this morning that the adversary's appetite is absolutely insatiable. He's never satisfied. If you give in one area, he's not satisfied with that. Well, devil, I'll give in on this area if you'll just leave me alone and, and, and just let me alone for all the other areas. He gets one area, he's not satisfied with that. The devil, the world, the flesh, they are never satisfied. The appetite of the adversary, the adversary desires. The adversary deceives. And the adversary destroys. We read down to verse 3. Let's pick up in verse number 4. The adversary desires. And it's an insatiable desire. The adversary deceives. And the adversary destroys. And Ahab came into his house heavy and displeased because of the word which Naboth the Jezreelite has spoken to him. For he, for he had said, I will not give thee the inheritance of my fathers. And he laid him down upon his bed and turned away his face and would eat no bread. But Jezebel his wife came to him and said unto him, Why is thy spirit so sad? that thou eatest no bread. And he said unto her, Because I spake unto Naboth the Jezreelite, and said unto him, Give me thy vineyard for money. By the way, remember, don't, don't miss this either. He wanted to take that vineyard and just make it a garden of herbs. The, the devil doesn't want what you have so he can make it better. He wants what you have because he wants to destroy everything that you have. He doesn't want to make it better. The devil never makes anything better. Everything that God has created, the devil perverts. The devil distorts. And Ahab said, oh, Naboth, he won't give it to me. 
Give me thy vineyard for money, or else, if it please thee, I will give thee another vineyard for it. And he answered, I will not give thee my vineyard. And Jezebel, his wife, said unto him, Dost thou now govern the kingdom of Israel? Hey, as she always was, she is here. She's really the leader, isn't she? Ahab! Have you forgotten who you are? Ahab, you're the king. Have you forgotten that? That's what his wife says to him. Ahab, dost thou not, excuse me, thou now govern the kingdom of Israel? Arise! You know what, you know what Jezebel's saying to Ahab? Ahab, quit being a big baby. Just go take it. Ahab's crying. Ahab's, he won't give me the land. Arise and eat bread and let thine heart be merry. I will give thee the vineyard of Naboth the Jezreelite. Did you notice that? She said, I will give it to you. I will give it to you. So she wrote letters. Here, be- here begins the deception. The adversary desires. And the adversary deceives. So she wrote letters in Ahab's name and sealed them with his seal and sent the letters unto the elders and to the nobles that were in his city dwelling with Naboth. And she wrote in the letters saying, Proclaim a fast and set Naboth on high among the people and set two men, sons of Belial, before him to bear witness against him, saying, Thou didst blaspheme God and the king. And then, isn't isn't that amazing? Isn't that so ironic? Ahab and Jezebel talking about someone blaspheming God. Very ironic, isn't it? Uh, He's blasphemed God and the king and then carry him out and stone him that he may die. And the men of his city, even the elders and the nobles, were the, excuse me, and the nobles who were the inhabitants of his city did as Jezebel had sent unto them. And as it was written in the letters which she had sent unto them, they proclaimed a fast and set Naboth on high among the people. And there came in two men, children of Belial, and sat before him. And the men of Belial witnessed against him, even against Naboth in the presence of the people, saying, Naboth did blaspheme God and the king. Then they carried him forth out of the city and stoned him with stones that he died. Then they sent to Jezebel, saying, Naboth is stoned. And is dead. It came to pass when Jezebel heard that Naboth was stoned and was dead. That Jezebel said to Ahab. Arise. Take possession of the vineyard of Naboth the Jezreelite. Which he refused to give thee for money. For Naboth is not alive but dead. It came to pass when Ahab heard that Naboth was dead. That Ahab arose up to go down to the vineyard of Naboth the Jezreelite. To take possession of it. The appetite of the adversary. Young people, you're here studying. And you're working hard. And you're being taught the truths of God's Word. The adversary is not happy with that. And the adversary has an insatiable appetite. He desires and he deceives because he desires to destroy What does the Bible say the thief has come to do? To steal, kill, and destroy. And that's his desire. It's insatiable. So, Pastor, you're not encouraging me this morning. Look, I'm trying to challenge you this morning to say, look, you're in a battle, and every single one of us are in a spiritual battle every single day. That's why we have Ephesians chapter number 6. God gave us Ephesians 6 to encourage us. We have the armor of God because we, even if we don't see it, We are in a spiritual battle every single day. And we need to make a commitment now. And hopefully many of you have already made that commitment. That Lord, I will not sell the truths of your word. I'll not sell my ministry. I'll not sell my family. 
They'll have to step over my lifeless body to get to the truth of your word, to get to my ministry, to get to my family over my dead body. The devil wants it though. And you have to make a commitment. You have to decide. Is this a hill worth dying on? If it's the truth of God's word, it's a hill worth dying on. Listen, there were men in the past, Baptist men in the past, men like, men like Obadiah Holmes who gave their lives for truths and doctrines that many today would say, well, you know, that's a non-essential. You would, you would give your life for it? Obadiah Holmes gave his life really for preaching against and saying, you know what, it's heretical to baptize babies. It's heresy to baptize someone that hasn't been saved and it's definitely heretical to baptize a baby because they've never been saved. And he gave his life for the truth of God's Word. We ought to make a commitment now. God, God in heaven, help me to be committed to the truth of your Word. No matter what comes, if it brings death, you say, well, we probably will never have to deal with that. Not right now, but maybe in the future. We'll never have to give our lives for that. You might. You ought to be willing to. The truths of God's Word are hills that we ought to be willing to die for. And young ladies in here this morning, you marry a pastor, you marry a missionary, you marry an evangelist, or maybe you just go out and you're a single missionary yourself. But if you marry a young man who is trying to stay true to God's Word, you back him up and you help him and you support him. You help him every way that you can because the devil's going to fight. The devil's going to want his ministry. The devil's, going, the devil's going to hire men of Belial to try to deceive everyone around him, to be against him, to destroy him and to destroy his ministry. Number one, the value of the vineyard. Number two, the appetite of the adversary. And then number three, the steadfastness of a son. We don't know Naboth's father's name. We don't know it. But we know he had an earthly father that had given him a possession but even more than that, he had a heavenly father that had given him a proclamation, had given him a command, a directive. And in both cases, and in both instances, as an earthly son and as a spiritual son, he was steadfast. Steadfast. Even till death. They brought the men of Belial against him. Do you think, now the Bible doesn't say this, and I'm not trying to add anything to the Bible, but do you think that maybe, just maybe, Naboth had opportunity to say, whoa, 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 hold up, hold up, hold up, hold up. I'll give it. I'll sell it. I'll give it to Ahab. Uh, he, he, can, he can give me a comparable piece of land, or, or hey, now he can just have it. Because I know what I'm up against. I'm fighting with my life. But he didn't do that, did he? How do we know that? Because he gave his life. The steadfastness of the son. Three things quickly and we're done. Number one, Naboth would not sell no matter the profit. Number two, Naboth would not surrender no matter the pressure. Verses 4 through 14. Naboth would not surrender no matter the pressure. And then thirdly, Naboth stood because his heritage was priceless. The steadfastness of a son. Naboth would not sell no matter the profit. Ahab said, Naboth, I'll give you a comparable piece or even a better piece of land or I'll give you the, the worth of it in money. Naboth would not sell no matter the profit. 
Naboth would not surrender no matter the pressure. And Naboth stood because his heritage was priceless. Young folks today, you've been given a priceless heritage. You may be here this morning and you may be the first generation in your family. But you're here studying at a place that is giving you a priceless heritage. May you this morning see the value of the vineyard. It's priceless. You can't give it away. You can't sell it for anything. Number two, I pray that you'll see the appetite of the adversary. It's insatiable. He's never satisfied, ever. And then number three, I pray that you, if you haven't already, you say, Lord, God in heaven, would you help me to be steadfast? Would you help me to be a steadfast child of yours? Father, would you help me to be committed to truth? Would you help me to be committed to your word? Father, if your word says it, it is essential. If your word says it, it is a hill worth dying on. God, help me even this morning. Father, thank you for the time you've given us today. Father, thank you most importantly for the truth that you've given us from the life of Naboth. A man who said, Ahab, over my dead body. Father, maybe there be some young men even this morning that would bend the knee and say, Lord, I don't know what may lie ahead in the future. I don't know what I'm going to be tempted to give away or to sell. I don't know what truth or doctrine I'm going to be tempted uh, to, to let up on. Lord, I, I don't know. But Lord, right now, I want to commit and ask for your help and ask for your grace and strength and mercy even right now that Lord, I will not sell or give away that which you have commanded me to hold fast. So Lord, I pray that you'd help these young people, these young men and these young ladies. Help them even this morning. Lord, if your Holy Spirit has worked in their heart, may they even this morning make that commitment. Father, I do pray if there might be a young person here this morning, young lady, a young man who in their heart, they, they're having some doubts about this matter of salvation. Father, may you help them to settle it even this morning. Father, we love you. Father, we're thankful again for your word. Help in the invitation, Father, we pray this in Christ's name. Amen.